Hello and welcome back to Enter the Dragonair's Den. As always, I am Taco Dog along with my co-host Jet Force Gemini. Hello, hello. If you are new here, welcome to our podcast. We like to talk about all things Pokemon Go, Silpharina, specifically in the faction in the lower factions tiers of Copper, Bronze, Iron, and Open. I think I'm remembering all of those non-specific order. We also like to do a little bit of talk about a little bit of GBL and get off on some tangents. If you're not new, welcome back. It's great to have you in. So Jet, let's go ahead and open up Pandora's box of the season 12 move changes that have everybody talking about them, including us. <laughs> I mean, it's it's all it's all good news. It's a lot of things that we talked about last time, like. A new fairy move, just like we wanted, and a new fighting move that we didn't know that we wanted. <laughs> you definitely called that fairy move. <laughs> it was it was way overdue, and I've already had a lot of fun trying it out today. What uh, what Pokemon have uh, you been using with uh, with the new fairy wind move? So I went ahead and pulled the trigger on a Shadow Mawile finally, oh. and. Just went ahead and used all of my Season 11 dust on it, which, you know, easy come, easy go. That, as yeah, well as, yeah, as as well as the Galarian Weezing. So I just, I just put them in the back and uh, have been, <laughs> have been trying different things in front. It's a little bit of overkill for the fairy damage, but it's also been a lot of fun. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I'm not, I have yet to try out the... A, a Pokemon with a new fairy move or with the, the double kick move. There's just so much to unpack with all these new Pokemon that got new moves added to them. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through all of them before I actually have to start trying when I have to actually win some of the battles. <laughs> when we actually get into the, the factions battles or you mean after rank 7? Both. They're both important. Um, yeah. I would say probably I, I'll mess around more in GBL than factions just because I'm, I'm gonna want to practice more with the Pokemon that, that got updated, like my boy Lantern, the greatest Johto Pokemon of all time. He's ready for action. <laughs> did you TM anything already, or is this still an idea land for you? So I, I did pull the trigger on TMing Lantern to Surf. I also put Tackle on, on Greedent, because why not? I'm also, those are the, really the only two that I've really been playing with so much and then that's that's a lot of hp to play around with also of course you do have the nerves to zap cannon and icicle spear which in my opinion doesn't really hard nerf as many pokemon like registeel and walrein it's just more of like hey the the knife just got a little more dull with these pokemon they're still really good it's just easier to play around now which i think is more balanced and i appreciate and it's Especially with the Icicle Spear, I was a little surprised they didn't give it to any other Ice types yet. I, I was fully expecting that since it was going to get a nerf probably, that they would also share the love, but nobody else got it. So it's it's just Walrein going from having every other faster Icicle Spear to you can count five every time, just like Nido Queen. Yeah, well, Walrein gets to be a special little snowflake, pun absolutely intended for one more season, and that's okay. 
The specialist snowflake. On that note, rollout got rollout got unnerved by one energy, but it got added to Dunsparce, Mill Tank, and my PTSD from Whitney's Mill Tank in Heart Gold Soul Silver is kicking in. Apologies, as well as Alolan Golem, who had its community community day recently. And, I, and it, like the only significant change there is you have to give one whole additional rollout to get to your Stone Edge on the Alolan Golem, which is gonna feel like a lot in comparison. And he was already kind of on the fence about using it compared to a Volt Switch, which just is way more consistent. So. The, the heroes of this, of course, like Miltank, just as scary as the main game, and you have something to do with your Dunsparce now. Hey now, I'll have you know the Dunsparce did really, really well with me when I had it use Bite in the Sorcerer's Cup, and it was I went 3-3, three and, three and three, but I was still okay with it because it was my MVP. Leave my boy Derpsparce alone. I mean, Derpsparce is part of the conversation. Yeah, he, he definitely and got... He got some help added, which... With with the update on, on PB Poke, he made it to rank 20 for the faction sorcerers. Woo! He's definitely, he's definitely going to be used if I ever get put in the, in the sorcerer's field. But so far, I think I'm still sticking with uh, Primeval, which, fun fact, the rankings, because of the move rebalances, changed that now Cradley is at the top of all the dragons, which I thought was pretty interesting see here ancient power got a buff in damage and then a nerf to instead of being raised two stages is now going to get raised one stage same with ominous wind and silver wind and i think you had pointed this out earlier that silver wind was giving energy back and then some after it fired off its charge move yeah they, they somehow managed to make it so it gave energy for a little while so on top of the interesting roll up uh, rollout of the moves the move itself was broken classic niantic moves right there we gotta love them yeah quick attack and tackle both got buffs respectively so now it kind of puts some of the normal types that had those moves of do you want the coverage or do you want the stab bonus that comes with these moves i know when we were looking or we were diving into some of the the metas we saw Munchlax's preferred moveset went from lick to tackle. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, they're they're the same move now, so it, it really is just a matter of what do you need Munchlax to do, and if you don't specifically need it to cover ghosts, then tackle is going to give you the same amount of energy. It's just now also going to get stab. That's true. One thing that I noticed is that Arbok wasn't included on this list. I guess the the higher ups at Niantic just didn't <laughs> want to give uh, Arbok its due. Whoever whoever was on Team Arbok has stepped away for this season. They were politely asked to resign and leave the keys in the locker. One thing I found completely interesting was how many more Pokemon got access to Psychic Bay. You've got Arcanine, Delic, Manectric, I finally said that right and I was so proud of myself, and Espeon all getting Psychic Fangs, and I can't help but wonder, it has to be because of Nidoqueen. Don't you think? I mean, these these are all Pokemon that just, for the most part, needed something cheap. And the debuff moves really seem to be what they're trying to force people to play around more. Like, the majority of the moves that got added that are going to be significant are in that category. 
So like even Dragonite getting superpower, it's like you, you now have some different coverage, but you also have to think about cycling it more, not just because of type matchups, but because taking that debuff on such a squishy Pokemon, especially a Great League level, is always tough. That is fair. One thing I did kind of notice was the fact that Dragonite, Superpower Dragonite, was actually a choice for a community day that was supposed to be soon. So I'm glad that they kind of threw that in. That's that, You have a great memory. I totally forgot until you just said that. Yeah, sometimes I remember things and, I, and most of the time I forget. But you know what they say, a broken clock is correct twice a day. And that's me. And as, <laughs> as long as it's Pokemon related, it's it's totally useful brain space, right? Exactly. The the next move, the the double kick move, has been put on Needle King, uh, Lopany, and one that wasn't really advertised as much was the Sacred Sword Trio of Cobalion, Terrakion, and Virizion. I think I said that right. You did it. The the double kick, I guess, buff addition. I don't really know what to call it yet. Put Cobalion up to number three in Open Ultra League, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, night night and day difference for that Pokemon. It went from basically unusable because of its best option being Metal Claw to now you're going to see him everywhere. I guess now I have a reason to use my Hisuian Arcanine with a fire move. Eh? I'll probably get destroyed, but that's besides the point. I mean, it's it's weak to double kick and sacred sword, but you have fun. I will definitely have a lot of fun, and just to say, I ran it. I also forgot about Slurpluff and Florges and Mawile. They also got access to Fairy Wind. I think uh, the other one we haven't talked about yet is Jumpluff, which is also just a straight upgrade on a similar level to Surf on a Lantern. You know, in my battling with, in the GBL, over the 25 battles, I did not encounter a single jump bluff, which I know it's just one person's, one taco's experience, but I'm not really so sure if I like uh, Fairy Wind over Bullet Seed. All right, so uh, I have two sets left to play. I'll play it tonight, and especially with how many Lantern are around, because that thing was everywhere. I am fully expecting to have a great time with it. <laughs> Guilty. I, I ran Lantern in all 20, 25 of my battles, and I managed to win 18 of them. Lantern clutched out at least 12. Other, other semi-notable additions, because I'm not sure where they're going to fall in, Nidorina gets Thunderbolt, or sorry, Nidorino gets Ice Beam, Nidorina gets Thunderbolt, Dragonair gets its return back in the form of Body Slam, which I think was really fun. That's a big one. Hitmonlee gets access to double kick, which, you know, with that double kick close combat stone edge just makes it an excellent closer. Kanto Marowak gets rock slide. Tentacruel gets skulls. Still not good. <laughs> and then my boy Camerupt gets incinerate, which who knows what, what it will do. It'll, it'll be good for the mega, and at least it has an energy generating option because it really i think it literally only had ember before yeah ember was pretty trash oh and the the galarian evolution of yamas reunculus or i don't know i'm just gonna call it galarian coffer because 
I can. Uh, it got Shadow Claw along with Galissapod, and the Ultra Beast Nihilego gets access to Poison Jab, which it should have had, which makes me a little <laughs> from the start. Yeah, it's still bad. <laughs> it's still bad, but now it can sort of fight with the fairies, and I don't have a good one to build into. Well, and to me, it's it's just one of those. This is a PVE fix. And we're taking advantage of the new season to do it. That's honestly quite fair. I I hope that's not how they feel going forward in general. Like, if there's stuff that they're doing for raid viability, I hope that they can just feel like they can do that and not need to wait for a whole new battle season to do so. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's probably wishful thinking just with how little they ask for feedback but i don't know there's there's a lot about this update that makes me feel like they listened to the right people um especially just with how minor the the nerfs were specifically and then how even some of the side grades are actual just kind of readjustments i i like the light touch that happened here and just overall the new options that popped up so it feels like a step in the in the right direction especially compared to you you brought up artbok like the the stuff in those updates just some of it made sense and was instantly amazing like lunge was a game changer of a move and then artbok dragon tail (laughs) (laughs) And, and i feel like there's less of that here except maybe the the middle stage of the Nidorans. I think they gave the Nidor, the Nido, the Needle Line access to those moves to kind of make them semi-viable in the upcoming Evolution Cup that Niantic has planned for GBL. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's that's fair. They, they can hit a few other things. Like, Nidorina is already good as a purified Pokemon just because it has Poison Fang, but <laughs> Nidorino has none of that, so <laughs> he's... Still in a weird spot, even with a coverage move. Yeah. Speaking of coverage, what do you think about Ice Punch Haunter? Uh, I, I don't know that I would give up a nuke for it or the proper bait of the Shadow Punch. It's 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 interesting, like especially when we're going into a new Sylph season pretty soon. But on its own, like that doesn't excite me a lot. Is is there something about it that? you are excited about the only thing i can honestly think of is it falls into the the needle line of we're gonna give it coverage during the evolution cup and that's it i mean haunters haunters already scary though if you aren't prepared for it there's been a few teams i've run in gbl where i'm doing rather well and then i'll see a haunter in the lead and just <laughs> top <laughs> kinda, yeah well i'm not gonna give up but it's it's just like okay well this is gonna be interesting because i did not expect to see this especially with so many obstacles around there are some haunter holdouts from season one of self when that thing was just an absolute monster i and i don't know how oh, sorry. I, I was just gonna say like there have been a few times where i like to roll one of the old wallower teams which was just obstacle haunter gengar because it is fast and fun as long as you don't get hard walled by stuff like there are more things that give it trouble now than when he ran it initially but just like that heavy offense push is is a nice thing to change up the i'm gonna be as tanky as possible and go for baits all the time is like i'm just gonna shadow ball you you can shield or not 
Good luck. Yeah. Have fun, guys. I'm kind of in that boat, but at the same time, that kind the the line you mentioned, the Obstagoon, Haunter, Gengar, kind of reminds me of the triple shadow teams that people used to run back then because you either it's a fast team you get through your sets and you either win or you sort of lose there's kind of like no in the middle it does it does make the the big wins that much sweeter because yeah there's they're so squishy that there's just a lot of times where there's just not any finesse that you can get away with because you swapped into one of them and you're stuck fighting whatever they brought in the a favorite of mine for that example is any fighter lead obviously you have to swap and if they bring in something bulky like an Altaria even all of the attack of the Haunter or the Gengar isn't gonna beat you that Altaria that is quite honestly fair I will I will definitely concede that or give you that point and I do actually have a I do have a Haunter and a Gengar built especially with this community day move I might run it for at least a set just to see how I think you made a good point too of just keeping some of these things in mind for the evolution cup that's honestly like what i think niantic tries to do every now and then sometimes it works sometimes they tip the scales massively in certain pokemon's favor community day wall rain for starters incinerate talonflame but at the end of the day it just shows that how well this community is going to be able to play around the broken pokemon and possibly use said broken pokemon for funsies or even the ones that maybe aren't exactly broken, but just because they were literally unusable before makes them something fun to check out, like the double. I've seen so many people run it just because now they can and feel good about it. Double was the meme, or no, Wooloo was the meme that everybody used for Pokemon Sword and Shield, myself included. And so like kind of seeing this, I can't help but shake off the fact that if I lose, I just think to myself, wow, I just lost to a sheep. I just lost a hop. <laughs> hop, the worst freaking rival in the game. It feels it feels so wrong. <laughs> I know. I mean, you can also think if they if somebody ran a Galissapod today that I fought against, and I think they forgot that Lantern was an electric type because they kept hitting me with water moves. I mean, the electric part wouldn't matter it's that you're a water type all right doesn't work it doesn't work that way (laughs) electric is only weak against one thing but it also doesn't really have a whole lot of resistances true whatever the case i know i'm gonna be running lantern for just a little bit longer i might even i I mean i think i think you're safe to use it for a lot of the season unless you start running into something grassholeish because it's so popular if Grasshole makes a return, I will probably not do GBL for a couple of weeks. <laughs> or just walk away. <laughs> or counter Grasshole with Kanto Arcanine and incinerate Camera. I'm not saying it's a great idea. I am saying it's a thought. I'm here for it. And uh, what I'm really here for is when you're building a GBL line is to think of the thing you absolutely don't want to lose to and have that be your priority. Like, I know there's already going to be no situation in which you have a team that can beat everything. So you might as well decide early on what you really don't want to lose to and start there. You know, that kind of reminds me, over the the time in between, like we were recording, somebody reached out and said, how do you team build? Uh, how do you make a competitive team for GBL? And what kind of 
What kind of stuck with me was exactly what you said. Uh, pick a Pokemon you don't want to lose to and kind of build a team around that. Because when I tried to explain to them like ABB or AAB, I, I made myself get confused. So I was like, why is he saying letters to me? Letters were hard. That's why I stopped algebra and calculus. No, more. <laughs> but just in that instance, I was thinking to myself, wow, this is a very complex topic that I have really no idea how to explain other than pick this Pokemon because it's really, really good or it's really, really tanky. Well, and it's it's really difficult if you were running into people that also just don't want to play meta. There were, there were two, so I was out for the um, finale event in kind of a ped mall area and people saw me and one other guy doing laps basically and kind of joined in with us to do the raids because there were ultra beasts around and they would see oh you're level 50 oh you have the legend pose i'm stuck in ace what can i do and my my first question every time is are you playing the meta and they always say no and they say that they won't and that's the end of the conversation <laughs> i can't even talk to you about like cores or like I can't even say letters to them because as soon as I say the word meta, they're like, oh no, I can't do that. I think though, when you think about it, there are Pokemon that are like, they are meta that some people don't really have the access to yet. For example, let's use Metacham. A rank one Metacham is 5, 15, 15 at level 50. Though I have the Stardust to max out a Metacham to level 50, I still don't have an XL, or I don't still, I still don't have enough XL candy to max out said Metacham. And so I guess like if you ask them, I guess instead of asking them like, do you play the meta? If you ask them, what cores are you using? The, the, it'll kind of give them a bit more of a, of a, no, I'm not quite familiar what kind of cores are there. And that can kind of like open open it up to, well, in this meta, this core does this really well. And you can substitute this Pokemon for this because though it does the same, it is going to be a little bit outmatched. At least that's what I'm like. I don't usually ask people like, do they run meta or do they run spice? Because there are certain things that like, if I, I run spice because I don't have the resources for meta. Well, and, and that's, I, I totally agree that you should probably open with a conversation point, but it's, it, it was just amazing to me how, how quickly people, A, were, were willing to admit they knew to some extent, I, I didn't pursue it, but to some extent what meta meant and that they weren't doing it, but they still, at least on the surface, wanted input. So yeah, asking, asking what they like to use, like, if I want to have a longer conversation is, is definitely a better place to start. But there's there's still I, I don't fault anyone that doesn't use Excel options. Like I think that's definitely a big part of where the creativity is still coming from, especially in I was going to say in GBL, but even in self, uh, some of the coolest teams I've seen when I've asked people about them afterwards, they've said that they picked any of the Pokemon I was really impressed by because they didn't have one of the other main options. And it reminded me about when I started because I didn't have a lot of the community day moves. I think I talked about Umbreon last time, but also even Venusaur. Until the day of the mega tournament in LA, I didn't have a frenzy plant Venusaur because that's the first time that it came back. And so like, I yeah, I, I understand that there's a lot of things that get significantly 
better with either community day moves or the XLs. But I do I do also definitely appreciate all the team building and the troubleshooting that goes into I don't have the best option, so what can I do around this maybe secondary option? I think you talked about Ivysaur for your timeless team <laughs> and how that was the sub in. Yeah, it was. Power Whip Ivysaur no, knew absolutely no bounds. Well, and there's there's no baiting with Ivysaur. It's just you you know which move is better and you click it. Exactly. I'm a, I'm a simple taco. I see a button, <laughs> I press the button, and something happens. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's terrible. We're, we're here for it, though. And it's, it's all entertainment at the end of the day. Yeah. Speaking of entertainment... I'm going to segue a little bit. I promise this is going somewhere. Okay. I was also going to segue, so I'm curious where your segue is going. I was going to segue into the Pokemon World Championships that happened two odd weeks ago, maybe three by the time this episode comes out. And, you know, I had a, a level of expectation going in when I was watching um, from the regionals, but just watching the, the, the second day people kind of duke it out I was thinking to myself, okay, I know I'm playing Pokemon Go, and I know I'm I'm okay at PvP, but these guys are on a whole nother level. Like, this is just insane. The, the expertise, especially, I'm glad you pointed out Day 2, because that's after the last chance qualifier was done. Not to say that there wasn't amazing play there, but there was also just people who were there to watch that definitely jumped in. And, uh, I mean, kudos to the guys that won their nine-round tournament to go then play in Worlds the next day. That takes some level of, not so much like dedication, uh, but like mental fortitude of like just fighting up to the possibility of fighting up to three days. That's taxing. Well, and just to have a legitimately harder qualifier than anyone else who already had their seat. It's like a lot of them you could be within the top four and still have an invite. It's like you had to win the whole thing. I know they split it into two blocks, but still it was nine full rounds. You had to be the winner. That's true. Yeah, last chance qualifiers are always harder to do than just like going out and winning or coming in second place at a at a regional or at a, a national tournament, especially like not not that not that I'm like talking down on that either, but it's just kind of one extra step is there there is no second place you get to also come along it's winning in there can only be one winning in losing better luck next year type of thing but Mm -hmm. my on that point like my hats go off to the incredible battlers that came in and just managed to turn it on for three straight days of the toughest battles i've ever seen and i know in like the first episode or the first episode our only episode I said that I really thought that Rise to the Occasion and uh, Pokey Kang were going to be, or sorry, Kang IV were going to be like up there. Kang lost in round one, and I think Rise lost in losers round three or four, which just goes to show like those were my favorites to go in going into the tournament. And then Kang was out while I was asleep, and you had pointed that out like, hey, this happened. And and yeah, I guess that like was a little bit of difficulty for us is that they were streaming. So when we woke up, the day was done, essentially. Yeah, that that was true. We had to we had to pick we had to pick our day to get our 
special research code. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I managed to complete my special research a day before, or like an hour before it ended. And then I freaked out and forgot about the sword and, sword and shield Victini. And thankfully you were, I thought I had missed it. And you're like, no, you can still get it. And I was like, oh, okay. And you know, my- I think I, I, think I still have to get the Dragonite code put in. Yeah, I didn't know that like, if you try to do the letter O or letter I, it doesn't work. So you have to use like one or zero. I was really struggling on that one. And it's not like my- It, it already it already blanks them out if you're entering them directly on the switch. So if you want to go that route. I didn't, I was just like <laughs> autopiloting it and going, why is it not working? I Taco can't, Panic. Taco can't Nintendo right now. <laughs> it's not going, I want my Victini. There's only 20 minutes I left. just want a Victini, man, okay? got a victory it's got the victory star it's got the letter v in it like it's pretty it's yellow it should be an electric type I, i'm just I kidding i don't i don't know if the research was your was your tie into the gbl discussion but i like how they structured that as a point of entry for people giving an entire line like hey this full team of three will help you if you have nothing and not only <laughs> granted oh sorry <laughs> granted that i'm at least two of the three needed community day moves and did not include them, but they they at least provided the base Pokemon. Well, here, the thing is, is if you waited till after 10, you got the community day moves. If you claimed the re if you did the research encounter before 10 a.m. local time, you did not get the the community day moves. It, it depended on the Pokemon. So the only one you could do that for was Talonflame. Oh, you couldn't do it for Venusaur. The, the Venusaur and Swampert weren't included in the Pokemon that were part of the the weekend oh. pool. So like I think it was like the Metagross and the Rhyperior and Gyarados and Gengar. Yeah, Talonflame was the only one that okay was on those teams. That I did not know. Today I learned. So, yeah. So, I mean, you can get away with uh, Surf Swampert if you have to, I guess. But Venus Venusaur really doesn't have a replacement move. You're not wrong in that sense. The other thing is, going off of, like, that research, those lines worked really well, like, synergizing with each other. Because I... So I completely trash sent my Pokemon to the pastures for the rest of their lives. But then like, I got to thinking, what if I try running the line that they had suggested for me? It wasn't the absolute worst line I ever ran, and I managed to go positive on some days, which I was okay with. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, they, they, were, they were balanced, and that's how I also felt about if you went out and did any of the challenger battles. I know you could just find one and lose five times and get the research done, but if you actually went out and fought them, sure, the Pokemon wouldn't necessarily have their optimized moveset all the time but they were giving examples of this is a line of three you can use and at least on that level they were all relevant i did learn how to beat a sable i um really well and it, i mean that's that's the drawback of the system they used though there there were things like the registeel or the mandibuzz that were just so bulky because they get auto set to level 60 or whatever it is and because sableye <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> just just like can't take advantage of those stats <laughs> it still gets one shot by the whatever your raid mons that you're using to, to fight them with are that's true at least they, at least they didn't shield right i think one drawback to the challenger system that you had brought up was they use the the team rocket system of when they fire a charge move off they wait three seconds or when you switch out 
they they stop and they wait three seconds i understood what they were trying to convey i wasn't a real big fan of it or even the scaling like just just have it be restricted to great league and have them set to great league level right and and you get something more engaging like this having them set as if they had master league level stats and making us fight them doesn't really teach anything i i was i was being optimistic with the whole at least they're showing you a team that can work if you are totally unfamiliar and just want to get some points going but yeah the, the execution wasn't all there but i i appreciate that they're trying to raise the floor of what you see in go battle league right and on that note with them trying to raise the floor there has been a number of what's the word i'm looking for there has been a number of uh successes or results positive results because i know back in season one everybody was and this is kind of going back to our discussion last last week everyone was using pokemon that got to 1500 because they that's where they were closest to and they didn't care what moves they used or anything fast forward well now we're in season 12 but fast forward 11 10 11 seasons and now people even at rank one are going okay so my opponent is using lantern he has switched out or i lead with venusaur he has switched out into uh talonflame so i'm gonna switch out into uh this rocky boy that i have Swampert. Yeah, I said Rocky Boy and then said Swampert, a mud boy. And just like kind of seeing... That's a good counter. S- I'm SMRT smart. Let's let's go. And just seeing... Smart. I was like, just seeing that um, that level kind of being raised more and more, it kind of speaks a testament of what Niantic is doing and especially with like the rest of the content creators and teaching us how to how to PvP in Pokemon Go is, a, is an excellent thing and I love it. Well, and even there's quite a few battlers that I've played... I played in this last season of Sylph where they had just jumped in or pretty much every season of Sylph after season one uh, we were getting new players from GBL that were trying the show six pick three format and that's always amazing to me whatever gets people into that next layer of PvP whether it's from nothing to GBL or from GBL to a show six format whether that's now with the official support of the Pokemon live events or through like the Go Stadium or self itself those those are all really interesting interactions to me because there's there's something there's there's always an experience at the center of that there's something that they saw or something they were a part of and having all of the twitch coverage from the regional events and now from worlds especially i think all of those pieces are going to be really important in keeping our community healthy because i don't i don't know how it is in your area, but I know that a lot of the people that go to Raid Hour or even a lot of the events will be interested in having a PvP collection, whether or not they actually PvP. Right, just in case like they want to jump into that. and on- or, or just because they know that it's good, and so they, they commit it then to their collection aspect. Right. I know that now that we're able to do in-person self-tournaments again, my community really is kind of on the, the fence about it because the people that used to do the in-game or in-person tournaments are no longer, I would say they're no longer like living in our community. They kind of like moved off and did and went on to bigger and better things, which is okay. I'm not faulting them for that. The challenge that my community essentially is going to have is trying to get, trying to get back into like the swing of things. 
I know that kind of going back to the, oh, well, how do you, one person asked me, how do you get good at PVP? And aside from saying the usual, you got to practice and learn how to team build. You, you do it. Or yeah, just do it. Learn by doing. The main thing that I usually stress people is come out to a self tournament or join a, a discord like, like uh, you were mentioning Ghost Stadium that has that will do like specialized tournaments with certain Pokemon that say ban water type or ban the world's greatest Pokemon Flygon in whatever. Just kind of, cause in my, or not, the way I usually, how I got into PVP was Sylph did this, I thought it was interesting, so I jumped into it, and then I saw a Pokemon that I really enjoyed using, so I, I practiced with them, and then I transferred it to GBL, and some of them did good, and others, not so much. But the good thing about Sylph with their monthly cups, I'm gonna call it monthly cup series, or yeah, monthly cups, is every month is a new meta, and every month you learn to play with different Pokemon that you might not have ever played before especially with the self factions where theoretically you bring nine separate teams in one cycle which is hard <laughs> yeah are, are, are you are you ready to be team building every week again you know i'm not gonna say i'm not ready but i am gonna say that i have a couple of ideas i want to float and we'll leave it at that I mean, that sounds ready to me. I guess if, if you need a specific example, how was it team building for our in-house tournament? Yeah, I totally didn't team build at all. And I tried to use whatever <laughs> mons that I had available. <laughs> and that's how I got stuck with a water gun Celio. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't talk down the water gun Celio. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm saying that my opponent had was resistant to water types. And I brought a water gun Celio and did absolutely no damage. And that's how I lost. Oh, you didn't you didn't know it was water gun. <laughs> I didn't. I really did not know it was water gun. I thought that, it was powder That's snow. a different experience. <laughs> Oops. But Well, hopefully we learned something about team building. Yeah. Hopefully that you guys learn something new every day. That's kind of what we, we aim to do on this podcast. Even though we somehow diver diverged into this massive tangent and we have yet to talk about self other than try to do it at least once. We, we had the huge news drop. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there when we get there. Just to circle back to the world championships quickly, the to me, the finals was such a pinnacle. One, because there was the bracket reset at the fifth game. So they played the full set. And then the second set went to game five also. So... <laughs> Just just that level of literally either of these people deserves this win because that level of back and forth doesn't just happen, especially between players of that level. I felt really bad that one of them had to lose. But that's that's what you want out of out of a competition, especially in its inaugural season. You, you couldn't ask for better than that, like to play the full 10 possible games. That is true. I've, I've only seen that done when I watched an esports tournament. I've only seen it done one time with a bracket reset, and it was a Super Smash Bros. Melee tournament of all things. I think it was in Southern, I think the tournament was in Southern California at the time. I could be wrong, but. I mean, you, you talked it up for the for the regional competitions that it was a thing that was happening. And so then to have it <laughs> in the world championship, oh, it was nuts. I did. I did call that out and say, you know, wouldn't it be weird if this happened and then it happens? You know, this is happening a lot. Well, that, that just means it's really it's really good entertainment value 
which is awesome because it just kind of shows the people who do get sent to losers the losers bracket of hey don't give up because you know this hap this is happening on a regular basis yeah you're you're not done you're not even close to done yeah that's my that's my two cents on that but speaking of that i'm actually going to be going to the play pokemon regionals nearby in peoria in september later this month oh man you you have one right away i was gonna say oh i have one too mine's in <laughs> january <laughs> Yeah, honestly, if I could, I would definitely go to the one in the one out there on the West Coast, but I would probably compete in the VGC ones because that's when VGC is able to be is able to come out, which is a really weird turnaround because usually they don't start doing VGC until like March when people have had time to train up competitive Pokemon in the main series games. Well, and it's also a turnaround just in focus, right? This this season has been such a proving ground for Pokemon Go full stop, and that they're hosting events right away and having it be part of all of the announced regionals is, is a huge difference from the, what was it, like, four yeah. that we got? And, because well, you also see that the, the demand or yeah, the, the demand for that type of entertainment, it's there. It's Pokemon Go managed to double the amount of viewership they managed from the main series games and the trading card game championships combined. Like it was more than that. And that is nuts. <laughs> I mean, now, now I'm saying that word too much, but. <laughs> well, you're not wrong. Compared to something that was hosted here, that's, that's already a step away from optimal, I think for the world's event stream in the first place. So the fact that there was still that showing, even though the US was sleeping for most of it. And when you look at from where Pokemon Go was kind of done in 20, at the 2019 World Championships, I remember in that Twitch chat, people were kind of sleeping on Pokemon Go saying, this isn't a real Pokemon game. Why are we even showing this? And it was just an invitational. And it grew to eclipse both the main series VGC and TCG. You know, it's I think it's because of like the barrier for entry into Pokemon Go is so low and there's more randomness involved. That's at least my my two cents on that matter. I, I liked I liked Speedy's breakdown of introducing people to the idea that these Pokemon that they're using all came from somewhere or someone and just putting that extra level of emotion into it of knowing which friends helped you do like the hundred trades to get the right IVs for whatever you're using or the one that you happen to find that was exactly what you wanted and maybe it was shiny it's just like all the factors coming together it's like yeah in in the main games you do have to grind out the the IVs and EVs and hatch and eggs or whatever but yeah do a little bit of eugenic <laughs> yeah the <laughs> you get to Gregor Mendel the crap out of it but yeah uh just that they came from somewhere in the world and you carry that with you is is such a palpable thing for people too that is true I guess it that is that is not fully virtual yeah because you have that real you have that real world experience of well you're within 100 meters of somebody to do a trade and it's like hey you have this, I have this, and like, if it ends up being lucky, which is, it ends up being lucky for, say, uh, you need this certain IV for a lucky one, or even if you, like, if they ever introduce Master League Pokemon into the circuit, which I don't know if they will ever do, it kind of gives you the, say, oh, 
this Pokemon, my friend gave it to me, and like now it's my, my ace Pokemon in this tournament. Or you, you talked about points of entry before. It's like the people who do the raids, they have the Pokemon for Master League, at least when it's in Premiere a lot of the time. Right, and you know the I guess the the incorrect term for it is the the, the players who the whales who like to spend uh, and this is this is not knocking anybody the players that spend hundreds of dollars on this game myself included to raid to do two three four thousand raids you know who you are it's okay to get that XL candy and just that candy to max out these legendary Pokemon just to have just to have them maxed out and then you look on like say PB Poke it's like oh this Pokemon at level four is really good there's there's just there's a ton of stories there and i hope they stay on that angle because that really is what sets it apart i really hope that play pokemon expands the format to not just doing gb or great league but also doing ultra and master league because they already took out oh we're not going to do any seniors division everyone is in everyone is in one division well, sort of. Mostly. Well, well, we'll let that slide for season one or season zero, whatever this was. Yeah, the inaugural season. Because yeah. when you when you look at it, like the series, the senior division, which I think it's for those who are thirteen and under, could be wrong. I'm going off of something I read a couple of years ago. Who are 13, 13 to seventeen? There was only like seven of them that competed. Yeah, and it was it was inconsistent whether they were treated as a separate group or just part of the pool. Yeah, and I didn't really like. I know that some of those senior division, those people in the those trainers in the senior division, could beat some people in those masters division. And they did. They 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 proved they were ready. They showed up. And yeah, to me that was that was the the trophy to steal by the end was people who people who were there and ready for the senior division tournament since they decided to put it on at Worlds. That is true. And so like I'm kind of happy that they took out the like the senior division and I forgot the other division for those who are under the age of 13. Well, that would be against the terms of service, right? You can play Pokemon Go if you're under the age of 13, but you will have a very restricted, not allowed to trade, can't really spend too much money on the game, or you have to have like parents' permission to go into the microtransaction part of the game. But once your account, your I guess your Gmail account or your Pokemon, Pokemon Trainer Club account is over the age of 13, those restrictions come off, mostly. But what I'm saying is play Pokemon has an under i don't i can't remember the name of it it's the one before seniors and that's reserved for trainers who are under the age of 13 but they still play the main series pokemon games and then you have the seniors division which is 13 to 17 and then masters which is 18 and up everybody nintendo and play pokemon really like to play really want to make sure that everybody has a chance to play pokemon in their respective division yeah, and and I mean I'm I'm not going to hold against them that they were f- having to figure out a lot with this particular game this run. Like I know they have reevaluated their starting rules and are going to be training up new staff for their events that are coming up with a better idea of how to adjudicate as well as just run the events themselves. Yeah, and if um if you're actually thinking about um getting not getting involved but looking into it there is a person that i follow on twitter her name is melgood 711 she posted and or she shared a tweet about an article of how to get into how to be a judge and how to uh how to i guess i don't even know the word you just said adjudicate 
Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yay! I learned a new <laughs> word today. <laughs> All joking aside, though, how to like jump in and how to be a part of how to be a part of a, a network like this and just network and meet people. Well, and if you want to actually be part of the staff, I think it's called the Professor Program. Yeah, that one. That was the yeah. the article she shared. Which I don't know if I wanted to, but if you're if you're a tournament official for your respective self community. And if you see that, you know, Play Pokemon is having a regional nearby, like mine is in Peoria, Illinois. There's one, in, and I'm also close to the Milwaukee, Wisconsin regional, even though I'm in the middle of a corn state, <laughs> I still have to travel. I still consider that really close because the Midwest is, well, you travel three hours and you're in another state. You got options. I do. <laughs> so there are, there are hundreds of avenues that you, you're more than welcome to jump into. But the point I was trying to make was instead of you have one Pokemon, Pokemon Go World's Champion, you have three of them, one for the Great League, one for the Ultra League, and one for the Master League. So I was, I was with you until you said the extra leagues because I was really hoping you would say that they would change it from just the open meta, that they would do some kind of banlist meta like they do with the main game. But I'm, I'm also now a little bit more optimistic after seeing the move changes for this season that we're gonna have a significant shakeup already. Well, also, I'm not sure how much you follow VGC and TCG. Actually, I'm not well-versed on TCG, so I'm just gonna focus yeah, on the no, TCG not, part. Yeah, no, not TCG. <laughs> yeah, so VGC, you're able they change the season format every i want to say it's they change the season format every couple of months the one that i remember was a massive shakeup was in 20 i want to say 2015 they allowed you to use two pokemon from a restricted list which was the legendaries at the time and this past for season I think this is season 13 that they're doing for sword, the sword and, sword and Shield Championship Series or something along those lines. Somebody's gonna correct me somewhere. This is the first time they're allowing mythicals and there is basically no restricted list or no ban list in this time. Well, just to just to talk it out with you a little bit more, that's just for the end game and it's kind of the last hurrah for Sword and Shield. Right. Uh, the the championship rules are set different, like separately. So when you said two restricted picks, that's actually exactly the format they were using for the championship. Oh, this, okay. This last round. Yeah. I mean, I obviously think... the um, restricted list is different now than it was in 2015. But right, right. Format. Which I thought I thought was interesting. So I'm more okay with like them doing like open Great League, open Ultra, and open Master, and then. Niantic will come in and put like a or play Pokemon will come in and put a ban list in at the time and kind of make it say okay here's what we're going to use for the, the upcoming the season guys good luck I still hope they keep it great league but I, I won't uh, I won't trample on your dream <laughs> it's okay by the way guys I totally understand I told like I know we haven't talked about Sylph yet we're now a Pokemon we're now a Pokemon Girl World Championships podcast so yay <laughs> we had stuff to catch up on we did. Things, we things we've been happen. off the we've been off the air for two weeks, or has it been two weeks? Yeah, since yeah. we recorded. Yeah, because I took too long of a time to to edit. That's my fault. It's that it's that first episode. You just gotta figure everything out. Right. Okay. But now, since we're, I think we're all caught up on PvP news with Niantic and Pokemon. We can move into the Silph Arena factions. Yay! <laughs> we did it. 
<laughs> so looking at some of the the registrations there are a number of tiers that aren't completely filled up to 10 yet and i find that very very interesting yeah it, interesting is this the word i was under the impression that the start of a cycle all of those would be filled and that's how you ended up with everyone else in open is that the <laughs> the named <laughs> tiers needed to actually be full <laughs> So, that, yeah, not, so since we're, we've got so many empty spots, I'm very curious how this is going to play out. Well, if if enough people send a strongly worded letter to Niantic, they will say we are working on it. We have a, or not Niantic, sorry, self. <laughs> they will say we're working on it. We have a plan. Just trust in the plan. Niantic would probably will. say they're working on it. <laughs> we're working on it. This, this is a feature, not a bug. So looking oh, at, no. I guess we can go through the open tier together. I took account and not counting the interested factions, we have 34. So despite losing a few to promotion, we're still at more teams we than we were last cycle. We had 31 teams in open last cycle. Now we're up to 34. And if you and if the interested ones get registered, like the Spice for Life faction that is still technically in who competed last year last cycle but has not registered yet, it can be up to They they were registered yesterday. So I don't know what happened between today and yesterday, but yeah, they're back in interest. <laughs> yeah, so that could be 38 possible faction and seeing that we have we got some new players with socal swablu sd i'm guessing that's san diego yep that's that's all my guys and then uh there's home slice hooligans i'm gonna guess that's an academy team for home slice henry's main faction and it's it's an interesting trend that people are flocking to either people or existing teams and they're just saying you know what we'll set up a b team instead of people setting up their own yeah i was like speaking of b team there's the beginner to winner part two that's a fact that's a, a faction or a factions podcast that i listen to there's also the queen bees i remember watching looking at them in the iron tier so there's one of the the tiers that got teams that got relegated with a lot of elite i was gonna comment just on how many more self rankings they have than a lot of the open tier teams. Right. I think the Queen Bees will be someone someone to watch out for. And correct me if I'm... Legitimately terrifying. Yeah, just looking at the amount of elites is kind of scares me a little bit. The Inglorious Bas Bastodons, they, they didn't compete last cycle with us. You also have Sfeel Team 6. That's a nice one. I like that one. Hear, and uh, Hear Me Pyroar and Michigan PvP. I'm not... So many of these logos are so great. And then there's the angry bottoms that has nothing to do with being angry or a bottom yet. Yet, <laughs> I'm okay with that. Looking at the um, looking at these 34, we'll go ahead and do 34 factions for right now. Jet, which ones do you think will be on the be on like the the top the top part of the tiers? And you can't choose the angry bottoms because we're part of that one. <laughs> I mean, I was I was already gonna say I, I hope we maximize continuing to improve and move on up to the the gauntlet of iron at least. But uh, you mentioned SoCal Swablu SD. I I know they're gonna do great just because I know most of them personally or have seen some of their battles, and it's that that's not a matchup I'm looking forward to as a battler, but just as a person, I'm super excited to see how we match up against them. Is this SoCal Swablu's third team it sure is <laughs> oh my goodness they got they got 
They got deep benches. Yeah, that's well. They're also in California, so California is like massive. I'll get. I'll say that. And then yeah, I mean, fun fact being, these these are all legitimately San Diego players. So dang. What one extra layer for you? I'm definitely gonna make a trip out to San Diego one of these days and just like hang out with you, hang out with y'all from Iowa. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to show you around. One team that I miss was the Pallet Town Red team. And I think that is the Pallet Town PvP Discord server. Cause I'm seeing I'm seeing some names a little bit familiar with Hasui and Ryan that was on the, the GoCast podcast. And then Athena 1993X. I've I fought them once, I wanna say, once or twice. And then kind of looking at RG Vengeance, Fearsome Frostlass, Electric Cities making a return. This cycle is going to be a little bit harder to to decide who's who deserves to be on top and who deserves to not be on top at the end of it (laughs) who deserves to be on bottom (laughs) (laughs) if it's us we're gonna be angry we're gonna harness it definitely but i i agree with you i i think both between the players that are coming back from the first cycle and all of the new teams i I think this is going to be a more competitive cycle overall i think we talked a little bit just about how last cycle it felt there was some pretty definitive tiering occurring and i I think this is going to be a lot more gradual yeah i i have to agree with you on that one i don't see i don't see anybody really running away with this one because all it really takes is basically the way if the the way that the swiss tierings end up playing out if say you have socal swablu has to fight all of the stronger teams and then have say i'm just gonna pick a random one fearsome frostlass because they destroyed us last year ends up fighting the other side of the gauntlet that can definitely open the door to have to have some teams like mg get its uh lustiania orange team that he had picked to win the to be on top end up being the kind of like the dark horse pick so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pick a, a top four out of this one it's it's just not worth not worth doing well and to circle back to where we started i still am not completely certain that some people won't just end up moving up to fill slots um but hopefully we hopefully get some clarity on that after rsvps close in a couple days they do close on the third fourth on the third on the third at 6:59 local, well, 6:59 for us, but I think it's 11:59 UTC, which is like Prime Meridian Cup or Prime Meridian Time, something along those lines. Time, you know, the the zero. <laughs> time zones are weird. You know what else is weird? What? Iron Tier. Oh my goodness. So we hyped up Iron Tier, calling it a gauntlet or Open Tier Plus, and they have seven or eight with the one reserve team. Yeah, ish. So aside from seeing the Brave Nerds, Mazer Gaming Academy, Sharks and Wreck, and Rock Paper Slark, oh, and the Mighty Thunder Ducks. All of the, yeah, all of the people who got to move up. I am jealous of you guys for being, <laughs> for being in the smaller tiers right now. Why'd you send the gauntlet to us? I mean, to be fair, they're they're still in the most volatile tier. This is this is the the unforgiving tier. This is true. They could be back in the pool at the end of this cycle. This is true. 
I am very interested to see who takes this one, but I'm going to give my edge to Brave Nerds PvP. I did. I do also see that Mazer is sitting at nine people right now. I missed that. Oh, that's right, because the Kreezer went off to join the, the Panic faction that he started on Twitter. Straight to the top from open. I know. I guess. Do, do, you, have a, do you have a pick out of the current iron setup who you think is going to move up? So this one's going to be four. Four teams are going to move up. And right now, I'm going to give my my tip of the hat or whatever. Brave Nerds will be number one. Rock, Paper, Slark will be number two. Sharks and Wreck will be three. And then I'm going to go off and say that my fourth pick is going to be Misubi because I really like their sushi. It's got a cute little, uh, it's got a cute little picture that says, this is how we roll. We... <laughs> Oh god. Do we do we know if they were relegated from higher up or who who was in iron already? So from iron last cycle, if I can find it. In iron I guess if we just open the team. Yeah, so for iron the top four were SoCal Swablu Blue, Team Beginner to Winner, The Spice is Right, and Osmo. So I clicked on the Peterborough Doofs and they were in copper. They were relegated. The ones that stayed were Osmo, Oklahoma City, Cell Smashers, and Masubi. So I think I think Masubi will do will be like the, my dark horse pick. So I gave, I had to give them a nod. <laughs> I will say it's it's gonna be hard to break that habit. I think of just favoring teams that we already have faced. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I'm gonna take that one because I'm gonna pick the team. I'm gonna pick my. I'm gonna pick the teams that are based off of like maybe we fought them before, maybe we haven't, as well as kind of looking at how they finished in the tier above. So like if they got relegated, I'm not gonna hold that against them. However, I'm not gonna like say, oh well, they're guaranteed a spot to go back up just because they were relegated. That's gonna be my thought process. Well, and we know since it was the start of a new season, essentially some of the teams that we faced in open are having to play their for lack of a better term like their matriculation matches just to get to whatever tier they actually deserve to be in. right their placement matches if you will that's fair that that is a, a fair a fair part so that is my my pick what about yourself i i would, I would love to see masubi move up i think i think that would be <laughs> because you have to hit such a particular spot to stay in iron i think that puts them in an interesting position to move up I was like they're the only te- i think they're the only team that has stayed yeah because they're the only team that has stayed in iron from last tier everyone else either went up or down the frost rats were also a relegation from copper they're still on the interested but i don't know if i want to count them yet because i don't know if they're gonna get interest reserved their spot in or not so but that that is a fair that is a fair point to make so i like i like our pick this is our this is our if uh self anyone from self listens to this this is our cycle predictions (laughs) (laughs) we're crunching the numbers oh please don't make me crunch numbers that's difficult for me so that is iron now let's go ahead and get into copper because yeah so we're we're just going up the ladder yeah but we're stopping at bronze so i do want to put a quick disclaimer out there for those who don't follow self actions that much every tier with the exception of open has 10 teams and they fight round robin style. And I'm probably gonna reiterate that every, at least once an episode just to make sure, and I'll probably you guys will probably get sick of it. I'm okay with that. I feel like it's significant right now because I think you're about to point out how many teams are in this 
There are tier. 11 teams <laughs> in copper tier. With two teams not having a full slot of 10 players. Now this is important because on a team, there are 10 players and seven fight per week. You have three alternates that you can that you can kind of cycle through, for lack of a better way to put it. If you run with nine or eight people, or even seven, because seven's the minimum that you are t quote unquote competitive, you put yourself at a little bit of a disadvantage because it is a nine week commitment from the start of the cycle to the end of the cycle. Yeah, have, heaven forbid for any reason that you need to do something else that week yeah what happens is monday monday night so i'm gonna use central time because that's where i am monday night seven o'clock you're it's revealed who you're fighting that week and uh, your captain has to lock in who's going where and what position they're playing and if you want to be on the bench then you're on the bench that week tuesday night who you're fighting on the other team gets revealed and you get 24 hours to set your lineup it is very important to set your lineup or you give up two points in you give up two points to the other team automatically and your team receives zero points so it's very so even if you don't think you have a team that's ready the important thing is to put something there and then wednesday night seven o'clock to sunday night seven o'clock is where you you and your opponent try to schedule a time to battle and the seven people that are scheduled to fight that week all have to get their battles in before the deadline in a perfect world obviously sometimes they're scheduled scheduling conflicts and sometimes extensions may or may not be granted but this is the general idea of what you want to do with the faction i think the only wasn't the only extension last cycle for GoFest. yes so one thing i do yeah one thing that jet has pointed out sometimes there are extensions that are granted for say community days go fest just like special things that niantic decided to just make a spur of the moment decision like in season one, when my regional, I had to stop in the middle of it to do Lapras Raid Day because it had Ice Shard and Ice Beam. And I'm still not salty about that. I just like to bring it up because it's a perfect example. But anyway, Lapras is a big deal. Going back to, going back to the, this tier, there are 11 teams, which means somebody's not allowed to be here, but they are. Yeah, a little, little red flag going up here. That's okay, mostly, because if one team is not supposed to be there and they get moved to, say, Bronze Cycle, that would give them nine if the registered one competes. Or if they move down into the Iron, that would be also great because they would have enough to get through. And I think I closed one of my tabs by mistake. Nope, did not. All right, this is the team. These are teams we have not fought yet so now we can we can put a blindfold on spin the wheel and say we're gonna pick this one because of course we are well and at least for my end there's a little bit of the bias of oh i know that guy <laughs> that's right you team you team bt dubs oh team beginner to winner yeah which one do you know on that team lyle jeffs i've played a few times out of canada oh nice i haven't fought anyone on that one actually i haven't fought i haven't really fought anybody from any of the tiers so yeah oh no that's i feel a, like it's also that's why i fought it's people. also an easy place to land just because they have five elites showing <laughs> yeah that's a lie i fought miko and I lost to them, but that's okay on, on the Osmo team. So I'm gonna pick Osmo to, to be in the top four. Very scientific number crunching we're doing here. <laughs> well, and again, I feel like just because each cycle is dynamic, it's, it's always worth it to go in and see actually where they were prior. I think, o it's like, oh yeah. I was gonna say, I think Osmo was they in were the bronze in and they got relegated. No, no they did not. They were, oh, they were the ones in the iron tier and they got promoted. So congrats to them. 
continue the success. And the Shell Smashers and uh, Beginner to Winner? I thought Beginner to Winner was in I, the, the bronze one. I think I think this is I think this might be part of the problem. I think we might be looking at and Osmo. So yeah, there's four teams that moved up. I don't Oh no no, Iron Iron is like that. Okay, no, we're good. Okay. <laughs> this this is the I'm catching up with that's the one really crazy tier. Yeah, kinda of swapping so I have my tabs opened up with cycle two and cycle one right next to each other. So I totally understand what you're meaning. So Sylphly Gasse was a copper, stayed in copper. Seven Deadly. <laughs> Seven Deadly. Was sense. a copper, stayed in copper. Osmo, we just looked, moved up. Utah, also a copper team that stayed. Testudo skills. Interesting. Also copper. So who is, is it Switchmasters? We're about to find Baron out. Silver. Spice is right, was also an iron team. Wait a second. Interesting. Wait a second. So does that make five iron teams? So... One, so remember, in the copper tier in cycle one, they had a team called Pending Deletion. Yep. So they, they lost Pending Deletion, Peterborough, Frostwrath. So only three teams got relegated. And the Shadow Ballers got promoted with NM, NM PvP and BC Orlando. So technically six teams got moved out and four teams came in. From via promotion and four and three teams came down from relegation and that's how we got them. so so far so far i found <laughs> see if i can say this one fletchinderella story is a is a relegation the switch masters was also a relegation and i guess that means wu-tang they were spoke, they were talked they were in bronze so they stayed no we haven't oh, looked at bronze never mind yet. they were relegated haha we're we're on <laughs> copper <laughs> look and I was like, my, look at the sunlight. Yeah. My brain is Copper not. Copper looks like bronze, so is, fight me. Yeah, exactly. The the, the fact <laughs> that those are different things is gonna take getting used to. So I like. But okay, so one one mystery finally solved. We had five that moved up, so that that's getting our weird number. I know I know we don't have to solve this, but it's nice to know what happened. <laughs> it's nice to communicate it. <laughs> I promise to have at least some understanding of what could possibly make sense to do from here that's fair anyway so <laughs> so looking at all the color the pretty colors i like to think that because this is one of my favorite animes to watch uh seven deadly sins i'm gonna pick seven deadly sims to move that's it <laughs> okay i mean they did go from open to copper so right the the okc shell smashers has a shuckle on it so we automatically know they're gonna win because shuckle is the biggest wall of all time <laughs> to paraphrase you don't mess with shuckle shuckle is the only tier three pokemon before the 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 raid boss rebalance that could not be soloed oh my god uh so many facebook posts about someone and their child unable to even duo it i still remember one of our players when they were level 50 they they said in our group chat that they were going to attempt to solo the shuckle and i said no don't do that it's a terrible idea and not even 10 minutes later i get a, we got a message that says can anybody help me take the shuckle down <laughs> i've used my pass i've already used my pass i said all right i'm on my way be there in three so back when i used to drive <laughs> yeah <laughs> Back in the before times. Yeah, because, you know, I got, yeah, cars are, cars are dumb. I got rid of them. So I think Copper is just a, a tier to watch in general to see where they, like, which 10 stay. And then after that, we have... We have the, the bronze tier, right? 
That's where we're going? Yep. Okay. <laughs> we're going all the way to the top. So for for the purposes of our podcast, this is the highest tier we will cover. This is not the highest tier that the Self Arena has to offer. After you get to bronze tier, there is the silver tier, gold tier, platinum tier, diamond tier, and emerald tier. The thing that I would like to point out is that everybody likes to talk about those so we're not going to do that because we're going to give all the love to the lower tiers because that's just how we roll sometimes i mean that's 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 where we are that's what we're talking about hey if by some miracle the angry bottoms get to be in the silver and diamond in the upper tiers we'll still be talking about the open tier because you can never forget where you came from and it's it's just so different and even now looking through a few of these full tiers like one team at a time it's impressive to me how many of them were just in open and, and <laughs> made their they're essentially their big move up and got to hang out where they are now right so bronze tier is unfortunately they only have eight registered teams and then one interested team which brings it up to nine so this might be a little bit difficult <clears throat> i don't know like the I, I feel like it maps out well between copper and bronze if the interested faction ends up registering because then you've got a full even 10 for both you just have to <sighs> Pick your, pick your team. Would you want to promote? So I'm going to look at it from just like, I'm going to pick, take a piece of paper out and think about what if we do this? If they promote the one of the teams in copper up to bronze, like you said, that would give them the 10. And then in iron, they only have seven. They promote the next three, which may or may not be the angry bottoms up to iron then that would give iron tier their 10 but who knows as far as yeah as, as far as the explanation has been made something like that makes sense to me but again we'll we'll find out very shortly how it will actually work but it's above my pay grade <laughs> well yeah and and that's kind of the nice thing is we get to just kind of spitball it and then someone else has to actually make hard decisions right one thing that is a little interesting is if you look over at the nm pvp I was, I was going to say. They only have seven people. The exact thing you were just talking about. Yeah, so go back a couple of minutes to what I was talking to. Those guys and gals, actually trainers and tacos, are going to have their work cut out for them. Because every single one of them are going to fight every single week. And they'll just have to move in their lineups a little bit. I have, I have, I have a player on that team that I also have had many... Uh, close battle with Ooh, don't tell me is it kilo of course really yeah oh dang <laughs> yeah he's he's part of the the irvine gauntlet dang and then right next to nm we have socal swablu's b team or blue team who just swept the iron tier oh okay so this is their top tier no this is this is their middle team <laughs> Oh, this is the middle Because there's there's the regular SoCal Swablu. And then there's SoCal Swablu Blue. Right. And now there's SoCal Swablu White. Or SD. <laughs> SD, yeah. <laughs> so many SoCal players, so little time. <laughs> there's, there's an army of them. Maybe I should move out there. <laughs> Join the ring. Oh, God, no. I'm never, go never going back to California. No offense. My, my one week out there seven years ago was, was fun enough. But the burrito. Oh my gosh, don't, 
Don't tempt me. I could go, I could, I would kill for a burrito right now. <laughs> or like a homemade churro. Oh my God. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you off. I just, I just started checking out BC, BC Orlando and they were one of the ones who promoted from copper to bronze. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I think BC Orlando might be the British. Oh no, Battle Club Orlando. I was thinking British Columbia Orlando. Ha ha ha. So these are going to be like the Florida players. <laughs> I think. <laughs> British Columbia Orlando. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> no bully. No bully the taco. Well, <laughs> the Thunderdome. Oh, I know that one. Has stayed in bronze. They, they were in bronze last cycle. I know that team. I know that team. I'm in their server. I've played. I've played Party Panda Po. I fought Ace win. Ace win to win. I think that's how you say it. I fought them once lost one want or no i fought them a number of times i lost and won i've only fought big dude k78 in my regional and that's when i won just by going straight beware nukes but i would like to fight them again it's a legitimate strategy going yeah quick segue sometimes you don't have to bait when you fight in pokemon go because some people are gonna think, you know what, they're baiting, even though I'm about to get hit with a sludge bomb from a haunter, and then you hit them with the sludge bomb, and then they just quit. It's the best feeling in the world. Some people don't appreciate that Beware has no baits. It's all nukes. I mean, you could use Stomp as a general bait. Or you could just run Payback and kill anything. That's not, yeah, that's not wrong. Beware has really three moves that are viable. What wall? There is no wall to Beware. Beware the beware. All right. Maybe my favorite team name so far, Beamin' and Screamin'. Yep, I was just about to say that one. With a, a crying Vaporeon. Holding it down in bronze. <laughs> I have, And they, they only have nine people, which is okay. So they'll have two alternates to go through. I was like, but you have to think that the Beaming and Screaming team, I think their gimmick has to be they have to run a team that has a beam move on it, like Hyper Beam or Solar Beam. It's just, it's too... Like it's too mwah, perfect. It's it's just like the uh, the spice team can <laughs> open. I, I don't know if you looked at any of the lineups that they ran, but they were consistently wait the the spice for life or the or the the electric city team. I'm sorry, I was half paying attention. <laughs> no, uh, the one that's in the interested category right now. Yeah, spice for life. Okay, I've never because we never we didn't fight them. I didn't really look at them too much, but I never, yeah, I didn't really look at them too much but the the electric city team ran a pretty spicy team and they were all fire types wow if you i was like if you remember that one or i don't know if you fought in that one uh no because that was week one okay but in Al- like alchemy i lost i lost the first game because i did not respect the blast burn blaziken and i learned the hard way that you respect the blast burn blaziken and then in game two he went for the the <laughs> the opponent went for the kill and th- my opponent was also nine years old because somebody tipped off somebody tipped us off that oh no it was in their bio the youngest trainer was nine and the oldest trainer was 70 and with my luck i would feel bad fighting the nine-year-old because if i won it's like well you just beat a nine-year-old and if i lost it's like haha you just lost to a nine-year-old but anyway my opponent used blast burn blaziken and then blaze kick and so i said oh okay so i could put my flyer in and he can't touch me and then i ended up winning that way so i was happy happy taco noises Taco uh, found a way. <laughs> I think, because I like to see the absolute chaos, I think SoCal Swablu Blue and Battle Club Orlando, not British Columbia Orlando, but I'll probably call them that next week. 
along with Beaming and Screaming and the Thunderdome, will get promoted. I mean, we haven't even, I haven't even told you about Sea Kingpin yet. Oh, I'm listening. Who are who are down from the gold tier? Well, they okay. I was like, well, if they were down from the gold tier, there had to be a reason. They didn't get enough points. And they played they played silver twice before that. Do you think that maybe they lost their edge a little? I mean, just having the experience of playing that many cycles. I, again, I don't know if they've changed their players, and I think that could be part of what happens, especially when you have a long-standing team, and I mean, we're also part of that, is we're we're on an older team where half of the team is new, that that can go well, and it can go not great, depending on who you pick That up. is fair. So I, I don't know enough just doing the quick look to see if it was just, oh, they need to just get it back together and head back to where they belong, or if this is a new squad that was just kind of there feeling the grow feeling the growing pains of having to replace players is just an in- intuitive assumption about what goes on if you're a consistent silver plus team that is now down in bronze so i would definitely want because going into their cycle page you can't really see if they had any past members which i think would be a nice little feature to know like oh there's a potential grudge match coming up or not but what i would yeah some some kind of some kind of web for especially in the between cycles like what the circulation is looking like would be fun you know i honestly thought for a second that when we when i was thinking of this podcast that we cover the off season as well like week to week but then i also thought you know i'm not sure if i'm gonna have time for that i mean what what is there to cover in the off season who who is who is changing on the rosters you have yeah you change on the roster and then you you stalk people on twitter to see if there's any new signings or people quit or if teams are dissolving or this or that, I don't know. But that's all that was going on in my head at the time. That's that's a lot of data that they don't provide that we would have to sleuth ourselves. I will happily put the tinfoil hat on and sit on a rock for like three weeks and just theory crafts. <laughs> <laughs> well, just to, just to round out the current tier for you, the Dodo is a continuing bronze, and Pogo Raiders are down from silver. Yeah, that's the the A team to the Pogo Raiders too, in the open tier. So they they might be someone to watch. Although I'm not really liking the Pogo Raiders a little bit because they have a they have a, a player by the name of Taco Clown, which I don't know if they're trying to impersonate Taco Dog, but who knows? You're deciding to take it personally. I'm and I'm gonna take that personally for a sec, even though we're tears apart. <laughs> I'm still taking it. I'm still gonna take it personal. It's like, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> I I will be Scarlet Witch. I will get Umbrella. my red wig, and then just just taking a, a scroll down their page, they have kind of bounced a little bit between silver and bronze. First they debu- debuted in the first cycle, then they were in qualifiers jumped up to silver stayed in silver and then got relegated to bronze in the at the end of the season global melee in the qualifiers and then got relegated in the silver cycle which is okay like bouncing up and down they have their they have their moments well and it just says to me that they're a consistent team and again like i i guess it it's kind of weird for me to be looking at so many teams with players that i don't know um where it's either players that didn't play sylph or just didn't play the regions that i did during the remote stuff but especially looking at all the i was honestly surprised like one thing i'm noticing is when you get in the upper tiers you're seeing a lot less 
color coding and like a lot more rival and like grayed out names that are like the rival and trainer rank respectively in Sylph. And these teams are still pumping out wins every like here and there. Well, and I feel like the the feedback from that is that there are there there seems to be a divide between the players that have feet in both pools and those that are just playing factions. Gotta be the sleeper pick. At least that's what I'm thinking. I think I'm most curious to see how SoCal Swaplu Blue does because they're straight out of the gauntlet tier. <laughs> and they're also they're also coming off a sweep so any loss is gonna be uh huge dr- dramatic right that that's yeah. gonna be a, a new hurdle potentially what if and this is me possibly spitballing this idea but what if socal swablu's dream goal is to have each of their teams in the highest tier and eventually have 10 teams and they call it the SoCal Swablu Blue. If anybody from SoCal Swablu is listening to this, please don't actually do that. Let the rest of us play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if if you get enough people that good to actually hold down an entire tier near the top, that that's already job well done. Honestly, yeah. I take it back. Let us play nicely. <laughs> Yeah, you you do whatever you're gonna do. I'll I'll applaud if it if something like that happens. But it's a little tough just knowing that there are some teams like Mazer that went from a literally top tier team to now their A team is in what is it copper iron whatever I don't even remember. Yeah, yeah. Not gonna lie, dude. Don't get a Twitter. There's a lot of wild stuff on there. No, I, I, I'm sitting in the camp of just at Taco. Just at Taco. Yeah, don't get a Twitter. It's very wild. A lot of drama. Nobody's ever happy. It's like, don't, don't at me because you can't. If you want to at Jet, join the Discord and fight him. <laughs> <laughs> Bring your fairy wind. Bring the fairy wind. <laughs> oh, he's going to stomp you with his glarian wheezing. Watch out. It's oh, right 15. Lord. So that covers the... So that's, yeah, that's our preliminary look before we get the full shakedown this week with the registration closing. Right. Registration will close in two days from this recording. Not when the, by the time this episode goes live, registration might already be closed. It just depends on how much of the ums and likes I'm going to edit out of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them are really impactful. Yeah, some of them really, some of them they had to stay. Others were just like super quiet. They had, and then you just heard the proverbial um, and I was just yeah. thinking to myself, I gotta stop that. I, I was pretty proud of myself so far that they've been fairly limited as far as I could tell. Yeah, for me, I have a little counter and I'm not very happy at what I'm listening, <laughs> what I'm doing. <laughs> as, as long as you're not timestamping it. <laughs> no, gosh, please, no. I, I'll get into the how I'm editing at, at the commercial break. But as like I was saying, this is a perfect time that now that we've covered the oh my goodness we're already at the two we're already getting close to the two hour mark now that we've covered all of Sil- all of the Niantic PvP news and the registration and previewed all the tiers that we're going to cover we are now going to take a quick commercial break please enjoy this amazing commercials that may or may not have been put in by funny voice actors we will see you guys really <laughs> I soon. hope I hope they were. <laughs> <laughs>
Hello, this is Professor Elm, and I'm in a bit of a predicament. I was wondering if there were any eccentric trainers who would be willing to make a delivery of some sorts. You see, Mr. Pokemon, just outside Cherry Grove City, has informed me that he has a very rare Pokemon egg that would be great for my research. He even has some company in, the famous Pokemon Professor Oak. If you are able to, but do not have any Pokemon, no worries. I have three Pokemon that would be just beautiful for the adventure over there. Unfortunately, you can only choose one Pokemon. They are Chikorita, Cyndaquil, or Totodile. One of these three Pokemon will help you in case you get tangled in the weeds and have to fight off against some Rattatas or Sentrits. I really hope that somebody can pick up this delivery soon as Pokemon eggs are vital to my research. Music for this podcast episode has been brought to you by the amazingly talented video game arranger, The Zame. You can find him on Twitter at Zameit or his YouTube channel. Link will be in the description below. Enter the Dragonair's Den has been made possible by Anchor. Anchor is an all-in-one platform that allows you to create, edit, and distribute your podcast easily and seamlessly. You are able to distribute to Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. If you would like to give this podcasting stuff a try, Anchor is one of the fastest and easiest ways to start it up. They even have a built-in app that allows you to create podcasts on the go. For more information, visit anchor.fm. I can't wait to give your new podcast a listen. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that commercial break because I know I did. I always learn something new about commercials. Yeah! Now go buy all their products. We like them because we're paid to. So, we're going to go ahead and go ahead and take this time to plug our social... Remind people we have a Patreon. Yeah! I was finally not lazy and created a Patreon for this podcast. I thought I saw it already. I refined it a little more. I was like, I'm pretty sure it exists unless I unless I had a stroke. I put up a bare bones skeleton one like, this is our Patreon. Donate if you want. So you can, if you would like to support this show on Patreon or from any monetary value, you can do so for as little as a dollar. It helps keep the lights on and, or you can just pay me to shut up, which I may or may not do that I as mean, well. I mean, coffee's nice. We like coffee. I like tea. Coffee's me the the devil. All right. So fun fact: taco time. <laughs> What's your tea? What's that? Oh, my tea. Oh, yeah. My goodness. Uh, my favorite tea. Has... I'm also I'm also a tea guy. Okay. So my favorite tea. Some people might not call it tea, but I'm gonna put it as a close second. My favorite tea is green tea, and then herbal tea right underneath. Are are people calling herbal tea not tea? Some people like some people think that because herbal tea is mostly made with like herbs and like fruits and stuff it's not considered tea because there's no tea leaves in it apparently 
which I think those people are dumb and stupid and I hate them. They're, they're going for the technical angle. Exactly. We don't like elitism here. Sorry, elite TMs. Have, have, having a having a caffeine-free option is nice. Yeah, I think like if I if I did want some caffeine, I would go with black tea because like that is the most caffeinated type of tea. But I like green tea because it like it it tastes better than water. Well, duh. It tastes better than water <laughs> and it helps like with it helps my stomach a little bit so it's, it's got that soothing edge yeah which is the opposite of coffee which is all percolation <laughs> i'm gonna be fast i'm gonna be faster but yes that to, so i'm yeah, the so if you would like to buy me a cup of tea send us money on patreon or if you want to buy Jen some <laughs> coffee send him money on patreon <laughs> welcome to the tea party also if you would like to send us a postcard you can do you can do so in a peel box that i will hopefully hear back from the post office by the time this episode goes live if you want to send a postcard to jet send it to me and i will happily send it to jet <laughs> i was gonna say i'm gonna send you a postcard <laughs> that's fair it can be about anything because eventually I would like to make a wall of postcards from our from our listeners because I believe that you can visit you can see the world through postcards and words of praise. If however you do not want cannot support us through monetary values, a like or a rating on the a rating on the podcast wherever you listen to a follow or even a commute or even an engagement goes a very long way. We appreciate it. If you listened this far, you're already doing great. Yeah! We have a Discord available that you are more than welcome to join, where you can just come in and talk with Jet and myself. We also do have monthly tournaments when the Self Arena comes out with their individual Self Cup. We're also happy to chat about GBL or do some raids. Like, it's nice just to hang out with people. It is! Get to bring in the entire world and just chat and have a good time. Speaking of GBL, it is now time for our community question for this week. So, last week, we asked you guys, what is your favorite spice pick in GBL and why? We did get one answer on Spotify from MC Mario, who says, Shadow Moltres. That is a spicy pick. That is a, that is a very spicy pick. How do you handle Rocky Boys? You, you don't. You, you just... You burn them. Okay, I was gonna say I'm genu- genuinely curious at that on that line. Maybe run it with a swamper. Or the closest that I ever played to a Shadow Moltres was Shadow Charizard in the Love Cup. Oh, this was uh, inspired by. Oh gosh, of course I don't remember names now. This was inspired by a team I saw on the YouTube. I was like, just pick a YouTube member. <laughs> just pick a content creator. This was inspired by a team I saw Ferrixer use. Hey. That's a good one. <laughs> and yeah, it did really well at the end of Love Cup. Oh, that was last season. That helped me get Legend, I think. That's fair. So they, they might be onto something with the Shadow Moltres. I think if you can land an Overheat, you'll melt a lot of things. The nice thing too is it does have access to Sky Attack. So you can run it as a mostly flying type, which is something you can't do with Charizard. Yeah, because Charizard doesn't learn any char- charge flying moves. charge moves right yeah okay um the next answer we have is from my home community discord so not the enter the dragonair's den discord it is from my home discord and it was from a player that is very near and dear to me uh aries 323 aries says gliscor is my favorite spice pokemon to use because earthquake wow (laughs) 
I I do enjoy me some Gligar, Gliscor mayhem, especially in Sylph Cups, where it's very hit or miss when I use it, where I tried to run it in Ultra League, and to me it just didn't quite hit hard enough the bulk is nice but if if you're gonna go that route i would i would maybe lean shadow but again that that gets so expensive <laughs> well yeah that is that is very spicy that's like i'm burning myself just talking about it the <laughs> i do i do wonder if we're gonna see more gliscor now that walrein is maybe gonna be slightly less popular than it has been i think that as long as we have pokemon like registeel and cobalion running around and dominating the leagues, we're gonna have a decent amount of ground types. I think Gliscor or Gliscor, I'm gonna pronounce it both ways, fight me. <laughs> Mantine and Mantine? Yeah! <laughs> I think both of them will be an excellent target for them. An excellent target. Gliscor will be an excellent counter to both of them. I, I do have to admit, because we went over all of the new fighting types specifically, and all the love they just got, that having another wing attacker, not a bad thing. You know, you're not, you're really not wrong. And the the fun fact is, Gliscor has access, I think it has has access to Night Slash, or maybe I'm thinking of you're Gligar. absolutely right. Both of, yeah, both of them get Night Slash. Okay, so both of them get Night Slash. And you just got Espeon with Psychic Fangs and Girafferin with Psychic Fangs and Swoobat. I, we actually missed talking about Swoobat with Psychic Fangs and Galarian Kofferigas because I'm not, I can't pronounce the other name. Runarigas. Re, what'd you say? Rune, Runarigas. Runarigas. Okay, I can pronounce it now. Runarigas, which is a ghost type. Awesome. Are all weak to Night Slap. So, especially with people wanting to try out Arcanine like myself, um, as well as Lantern, which is an electric type, Camerupt, which is a fire type. You know, Earthquake's looking really nice on this list of new moves that just came out. I'm just saying. It's it's always been tempting. It's, the Earthquake just is a little tricky to get to sometimes, has, has been my experience. I was going to say, yeah. if you, you have to land it. <laughs> if you land the earthquake, it's, let us know. It's similar to one of my other spice picks, Fortress, where because its bait moves are so cheap, it's one of those, uh, what are they called? Uh, it uses bug bite. Um, oh, yeah, it's, it's a sim hero. Oh. Because if you always get the baits correct and land the earthquake then yeah you you get out of there with a lot of hp and you look amazing but we know that that's not always how it happens remember the golden rule of planning of planning when you go into a battle your plan never survives first contact <laughs> well and i talked about last time with team building that i want my matchups to be firm and not depend on the baits yeah, that that is a very fair that is a very fair thing to point out. So, thank you to you two for commenting on last week's question. Now we're going to move on to this week's question, which is of all the new Pokémon of all the Pokémon that got new moves this season, which one are you most excited to try out and why? So, Jet, which Pokémon with new moves are you most excited to try out this season and why? <laughs> that that I haven't actually tried out yet. Um, I think I think I alluded to it though that I that next on my list is the jump off because I ah. told you I would play it after this. <laughs> <laughs> well, let us. The first thing I'm going to ask you next time is how did the jump off go? <laughs> How's that jump off treat? <laughs> <laughs> that that's a good that's a good pick. Uh, the the one addition that I do have to make is that 
my jump bluff that is set up right now is a shadow jump bluff. Oh, and it's also already so, a tank because it's like level. It has to be like level thirty, like close to forty, right? Yep. Dang. And and this this shadow was very highly wrecked, so it's actually over forty. Oh, so you had to put that XL candy in. Yep, I I went for it. That was one of my builds from last season. I didn't make a lot of things, but that was one that I wanted to try out. That's fair. Do you have a front runner for the new moves apart from Lantern, which is already carrying the season? Lan yeah, Lantern is definitely carrying my season. I do want to try out Derp Sparse again with the rollout, but I think I would have to Tiny give. Snap. I think I would have to give my pick to Arcanine with Psychic Fangs. Psychic Fangs is cool. So I so I think I'm gonna run a Snarl Arcanine with Psychic Fangs and Wild Charge to see how that goes. And if I don't like it, I'm gonna switch and put Fire Fang on it. And then Fire. If you Fang run Snarl, Fang. people will be expecting the nukes so you'll get especially in a one-off format like gbl you'll get a lot more mileage out of it than you might in self that is fair and i think well i also think that like since everything has psychic fangs everything that has psychic fangs now has play against nido queen so i think the queen will be knocked down a peg or two we can only hope i i really do hope because dang a pokemon went from complete garbage to being the, one of the most meta defining pokemon to use is just it's just not fair i'm not saying that because it's I been, didn't it's been consistently one. strong and that was some of the feedback i heard was that it's part of a group that is in an interesting spot because they omitted any changes so things like charm which a lot of people complain about and then Nido Queen itself are kind of the are kind of the bar that they seem to be trying to raise everything up to. The problem also is you can't really nerf Nido Queen unless without well not unless but you can't really nerf Needle Queen without nerfing a whole bunch of other Pokemon because yeah, it was it was really the poster child of a bunch of subsequent updates. So right, because when you think about it, Poison Fang is obviously used by Needle Queen, but it's also used by Golbat, which is a really nice pick to use. Venomoth which a lot of people used back then. And those are like the only two I can remember at the moment. <laughs> There's a few. Yeah. And then with Earth Power, you have Flygon, Nidoking, Garchomp. Two of which are community day moves. So, yeah. you know, they don't they don't want to go out of the way to touch those. And like if you go and but, if you nerf community day moves, then what's the point of having community day? It, yeah, it doesn't feel great. But when you think about it, Hydro Cannon was the first community day that was nerfed because it went from having <laughs> doing 100 damage to doing 80 damage because it's Swampert got access so good. I know because Swampert got access to Mudshot and Venusaur which, had Vine Whip and Charizard which had is Tarzan. which is on our which is on our list of things that didn't get touched that were on the list of things that definitely could have Mudshot was one of them and right Again, again, I like that the the nerf hammer really didn't fall very hard this time. It was just like a nerf blanket, which, like I said, S slightly cuddly. Right. Which, like I said, I'm okay with doing because the only the only way to actually basically quote unquote nerf Needle Queen into the ground is, and I hate to say this, a CP rebalance, and we all know that we don't want that to it's, happen again. It's, it's not gonna happen, yeah. Because think of all the Pokemon that are at 1500 that are now going to be over 1500 or way under 1500 and niantic you're going to have a ride if that happens no yeah they they know they can't do that and i think the only other two 
on the whole list that I have purposely avoided talking about because I know I'm going to see them a ton are Steelix and Miltank. <laughs> uh, Whitney, go away. Yep. <laughs> Every time I face a steel uh, a Miltank, I'm just gonna say I fought Whitney today. From here on out, or oh, sorry, uh, every time I face a Miltank. That that'll be my my follow up question for you for next is uh, for next time is so how many Whitneys did you face? I'm gonna say too many to count. So that will be our community question. Feel free to answer it on Spotify or wherever you're allowed to, you're allowed to answer questions. It is now time for our GBL progress and new season goals. So I did all of my all of my gbl sets today so i am now rank six because that's where you can max out on day one you're you're a front runner i yeah and i do want to point out that it was the absolute worst thing i have ever done the amount of times i lagged was pathetic i started playing right after you mentioned how bad the lag was and that very first game was the only one that had significant lag where I, I got to immediately agree with you and then not think about it again until right now. I should have waited, but I just yeah. wanted to get my sets out of the way. So my my new season goals is every week, including when the Master League rolls around, I want to do 20 sets. That's only four days of, max, of doing max out sets. I think I can do that. That's not bad. And then what that really puts you on track for, and my, my question is, does that mean you're trying to complete the battle pass? Yes, I'm going to complete this battle pass. Because there's in there. See, I bought the rocket battle box during GoFest, so I... Oh, man. I... I have too many elite, or I can't really say I have too many elite TMs, but I have a lot of elite TMs. Not as much as my teammate Deku, who's got like 40,000, but I have a lot. He's, he's ready for anything. He really is. So Jet, what is your season goals for this coming for this coming GBL season? I, I would say the same as always, just with going for Legend, but I, I think I'm going to take a page out of your book and just try to play more of the different leagues. This last season I really didn't play much Ultra or Master at all, but I know they're also bringing the level cap back for some of it, so it'll be a little more approachable. If they bring Master League Premier back, I will dump 1 million Stardust into all the Pokemon I've been waiting to power up to 40. I mean, get the dust ready. I do. I I'm currently sitting at 1.5 mil. This is the most dust I've ever hoarded. Does that make you feel uneasy? A little bit, yes. All right, what last last question. What'll be what'll be the first thing you build? Uh Togetic. Togetic for master. Sorry, not Togetic, Togekiss. <laughs> I said it so fast, I was like, what did I just say? I have I have good news. What do you got? Master Premier Classic is the week of September 29th. Heck yeah! So you can make it happen. Huzzah! Right yes. I'll have my Togekiss ready. I already have... That's the only Pokemon that isn't, like, that I don't have that's meta-defining in the Master League. Because Legends aren't allowed in Premier Classic, right? Correct. Okay, so yeah, everything else that I need to power up is a Legend. So, meh. Yeah, so that's the that's the Metagross and the... Oh, and Excadrill. Garchomp and Snorlax and Dragonite, I think, is, is really going to be the one that is much more versatile now with Superpower. I think I'm going to... I think that... that perfect shadow dragonite that i have i think i'm gonna put superpower on that to see what it does i'm jealous it's a little it's gonna be a very expensive so don't be too jealous i'm still jealous <laughs> so that kind of wraps up our our season goals and then i put regular goals for some strange reason i can't remember why goals we gotta get those games you know actually okay my goal for this week 
or before we record next is to get 500,000 more Stardust and be up to 2 million. So you're not going to make the Togekiss right now? Well, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna make the Togekiss on September 29th when Master League Classic comes back. That gives me 28 days to get dust and then to get enough dust to cover that. Oh man, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna ask you next time how much dust you have. <laughs> that is my only goal: is to get two million Stardust, and then when I get 220. 2,220,000 starters, 2 million will be my floor. And then that is how I will gain dust. Nice. Well, I guess if we're gonna record in two weeks, probably, I'm gonna say my other goal, non-GPL related, is just to win my first bout of this new cycle. Hey, that's a good one. Boom. That's a good goal. You know, my our, our teammate and I have this little bet going on where at the end of the cycle, whoever has the most points <clears throat> in the in their like respective in their respective field has to buy the other person a ticket for community day, which I think is kind of like is a kind of nice goal to put in. But then <laughs> soft, soft stakes. Yeah, it's not too high of a stake yet. But then Sylph said that prime like two people are gonna fight in primeval. And so now I'm kind of thinking of saying, hey, let's both do primeval and see who wins. <laughs> I, I hope you get a chance to really have some head-to-head stats at the end of the cycle. Oh my goodness, yes. That would be so much fun. Gotta take that MVP sticker away. I, I want that. I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna make a big old banner, and I'm just gonna say, hey, remember when you were MVP? I'm the captain. <laughs> <laughs> I will do that. I'll make that meme. I just have to have it ready. Well, I think that's a show. Yep. We've been live-ish in Blackthorn City. In Blackthorn or Blackthorn? <laughs> <laughs> One of those. It's all right. You got to get some more coffee in you. No, just tea. Oh, just, okay. Yeah, you're right. It's it's midnight where I'm at, so I'm guessing it's like 11, 12 where you're at. Sorry, 10, 11. You're, you're really bad at this. <laughs> I can't do time zones. We've been over this. <laughs> uh, I, time zones are bad for me. This is why I, I just stay right. in Central. <laughs> sing, sing us off, Taco. Sing us off. Okay. Until next time. Keep your dragon fangs sharp, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> see ya.